This gospel that we just heard, these words of Jesus on proclaiming which are the two greatest commandments. Jesus knows that he is speaking to a people that are part of a nation whose history is painfully aware of the great difficulty of living those two commandments. And in fact, it is precisely in this place, this great capacity that you and I have to both give love and receive love, that which makes us most like God, it's in this place that we are most deeply wounded. And this is why we see throughout the history of Israel this yearning and this groaning for a Savior, a Redeemer, for God to visit His people and bring mercy. I want to focus together this morning on the second commandment. But I want to focus on a part that I think we so often overlook. We skip over it because we hear so much about loving our neighbor. There's so much preaching and teaching on loving your neighbor, loving your neighbor. But if we look closely at the commandment, it's worded very carefully. Love your neighbor as yourself. It's worded in such a way that implies that if I'm going to love my neighbor, I need to first love myself. And it's only if I correctly love myself that I will be able to love my neighbor. So here's the question. Do you and I love ourselves? Now we know because of fallen human nature that there's also love that's deformed. There's selfish love, there's self-centeredness. And is it possible that you and I can give ourselves the love that we need? Can we generate that love on our own? We also know that God can mediate that love through others. But again, because of fallen human nature, the love that we expect from others is at best inconsistent, it's imperfect, and sometimes it's quite the opposite. The key lies when Jesus rephrases that commandment and makes it a new commandment. When he says, love one another as I have loved you. 
Now it shifts the question. I cannot love you. You cannot love me unless we first know how Jesus loves us. And now we state the obvious. Do you and I know the love of Jesus? How many are drinking from that well? How often do we feel like we're going through life on an empty well? We keep trying to give and to give and to love and to love our neighbor. But while doing so, we feel like our well is dry. This, I believe, is one of the most neglected parts of our Christian life and why we limp badly, or let's say more so, when it comes to love of neighbor. Because we are not immersing ourselves in the personal love of Jesus Christ. I have a friend from Michigan. He's the one I go on vacation with every summer. He said to me one day, Brother, in my times of prayer with the Lord, I have this sense that I am to be like a sponge and just to soak in all the love that God wants to give me at that moment. And then I'm supposed to take that love and wring it out, pour it out on the people of that day. In the words of Saint Mother Teresa, do you and I know the personal, overwhelming love of Jesus? Can we see right now how lovingly he's looking at us? Not from books, but personally, one-to-one. Do we know the love of Jesus? Here lies perhaps another difficulty. It's not that we on one level intellectually, don't believe that Jesus loves us. But in our heart, there are barriers. There is resistance. We doubt and we struggle to trust that Jesus indeed loves us. Not only do we sometimes not find time in the week to just sit with the Lord and soak in His love, but when those moments do come, we have a hard time believing and trusting. And this is why I'd like to just end this reflection together with a a time of prayer. Just a time to let God work more deeply in our hearts this morning. I'm going to take some material from a man who has been involved in healing ministry for years. 
He's got a healing center down in Florida. He's done ministry here in the archdiocese. We even have some of his books in our resource center. His name is Dr. Bob Schutz. And he talks about there are seven areas or, or, or ways that we can be wounded in our life. And around those wounds, there are lies that create the barrier and the resistance, the, the struggle to receive from God. I'm just going to take three of the most common forms of wounds, and I'm going to just say these very simple prayers, and I would just invite us to just listen now with our hearts. Just listen with our hearts and just let God work deeply for a moment. The first wound is rejection. In the name of Jesus Christ, I renounce the lie that I am unloved and unlovable. I renounce the lie that I am not wanted, not desired, or not good enough. I renounce the lie that I have to be perfect and earn God's love. In Jesus' name, I announce the truth that by virtue of my baptism, I am a beloved daughter, a beloved son of the Father. I announce the truth that God deeply loves me so much that Jesus gave his life for me and that there is no greater love possible. I announce the truth that the love of God has been poured into my heart through the Holy Spirit. I announce the truth that I am deeply loved, valued, wanted, and desired, and that I am very precious in the Father's eyes. The wound of abandonment. In the name of Jesus Christ, I renounce the lie that I am all alone to face life and my problems, that no one understands me or cares about me. I renounce the lie that I am unprotected and that God himself has abandoned me. In Jesus' name, I announce and claim the truth, what Jesus himself promised I will never, ever leave you or forsake you. I will be with you always to the end of time. I announce the truth that I am connected and understood and profoundly cared for. The wound of shame. In the name of Jesus Christ, I renounce the lie that I am bad, dirty, ugly, stupid, or worthless. I renounce the lie that I have irreparably damaged God's plan for my life because of what I've done. In Jesus' name, I announce and claim the truth that Jesus died for my sins 
and that I am truly forgiven, washed, cleansed, justified, and accepted. I announce the truth that Jesus did not come to condemn me, but to save me, that he came to seek and to save the lost. I announce the truth that in the sacrament of reconciliation, I am indeed forgiven and set free. And so I announce and claim the truth that I am now pure and worthy, not because of what I have done, but because of what Jesus has done for me. And Jesus, we invite you to heal any other wounds that we carry and that you would dispel any lies and that you would confirm us in the truth. And now, Lord, as we prepare together to receive you in the Eucharist, help us to be like sponges, to soak in all the love that you now desire to give us so that we might pour out that love on our neighbor. Amen.